This is the first episode of the Wellington in Time podcast. I'm Sophie and I'm here with Ali. Can you please give a brief introduction into what crypto um, actually is and how it operates? So basically, a cryptocurrency is a form of digital asset, which is based on a network called the blockchain. The blockchain is, it basically just keeps a record of all transactions and a record of all the currencies that are on the blockchain, if that makes sense. The network is distributed through like multiple computers all across the world and servers, which allows them to basically exist outside of government control. It allows for like cheaper and faster ways to transfer money between two parties. And both parties are basically able to keep anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you say the benefits of crypto are in the modern day market? So if we take a, a normal bank such as Barclays or Lloyd's, right? They have single points of failures. Like let's take the example of 2008 financial crisis. That was caused by mortgage-backed securities, which caused all the banks to fail, right? And, allow, and basically caused for governments to bail out all these major banks. Whereas, cre- whereas cryptocurrency, right, is decentralized, meaning obviously spread across multiple servers around the world, which means that there's no single point of failure. And this basically allows cryptocurrency to basically work forever. And one of the most beneficial things that cryptocurrency promises is to make funds easier between two parties, such as, and without a third party, such as a bank or an ATM machine, let's say. And it's hugely beneficial for people that are sending money back home as cryptocurrency has a low fees and a fast rate of transfer, which basically means you can completely cut out the middleman, which is the bank, and save a lot of money on that fees that you'll, that you'll be spending money on. So how exactly has crypto changed the market since it came into play? Crypto basically has allowed global payment systems to come into play anywhere and everywhere, basically. The only restriction is if you don't have technology like and internet connection, if you have those, then you can send money to whomever you want, whenever you want, because the system's always online. It's also impacted retail worlds because there's, because there's some merchants now and stores which are actually accepting cryptocurrencies. But on the flip side, we've also seen the seven C's take place. And the seven C's are the concealing, corruption, crooks, criminals, con men, and carnival barkers which has led to, as everyone has feared, billions of pounds being scammed from average people and people being left with almost zero pounds in their bank accounts. For example, if I give you, if I was to say a popular scheme actually that happened in 2020 was the rug and pull scheme. And it was where basically people would create these crypto currency coins and drive the hype up through the use of popular stars such as Kim Kardashian. She was involved in one. And what they would do is they would promise people that this was a really good investment. It was going to like return huge, huge profits for people. But what they would do is, is the second it got to a desirable amount for the scammers, 
they would basically wipe out the entire value of the coin because they held the majority stake in the coin, leaving investors with a worth with a worthless investment, basically. So drawing on that point, um, well, we're all aware of the recent FTX crash. Um, do you think the FTX crash has highlighted the flaws with crypto? Well, for some background information, before I speak about the flaws with crypto, it was this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, if you want to call him that. And he had this cryptocurrency exchange where you could transfer, hold, and trade cryptocurrency. And what FTX promised within their bylaws was that they wouldn't touch any of the investors' deposits of cryptocurrencies and that these were all to be secured. And so if anyone wanted to take money out or transfer money, they would be able to at any given moment of time. But funnily enough, it doesn't turn out to be the case. And these funds were actually being transferred to his hedge fund, which was funnily who the CEO is, is the SBF's wife. And what happened was, is that people caught on to this hedge fund and found out that they were making risky loans by basically replacing customers' deposits with their FTT token and basing the value of the, and basically replacing it with the value of the FTT token. And altogether, the loans ended up creating an $8 billion fiscal hole in this market. And when people found out, they started selling and they started trying to remove money from their FTX accounts. But FTX didn't have money, so causing the whole entire exchange to crash and leaving people with billions and pounds of losses because all their investments have just gone. And I think one of the main highlights that this teaches us is that government regulation actually isn't that bad and that it actually allows for that sense of security to take place, which honestly, I think, which honestly, I think crypto does need, but there's no signs of it right now. Would you say that this has initiated the demise of crypto? Maybe, but I mean, if the, the most prominent reason for FTX's crash was their lack of infrastructure. Honestly, the infrastructure was if a child tried to make a big company, it was just really not the way a company should be set up. And what happened, and if we think about it, if we have proper regulation, proper infrastructure in, in, in the ex exchanges, then I think crypto can survive. But right now, markets are hugely unstable. We don't know what's going to happen next. I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Ali. Um, no worries. Please stay tuned in for our next episode.